Welcome to the All In Podcast, where we dive into the mindset, habits, and stories behind inspiring and passionate individuals who know what it takes to go all in. In All In, you can expect real and raw conversations with athletes, coaches, and leaders on topics like mental health, mindset, psychology, training, wellness, habits, and much more. We hope to leave you feeling empowered with motivational stories, relatable experiences, and actionable advice. And I know that I personally walk away from each episode learning something new. In this solo episode, I'm going to speak on the importance of rest and recovery days and my personal rest and active recovery day protocols. Whether you're a pro athlete, weekend warrior, or not involved in sports at all, I think rest and recovery days are incredibly important, and I tend to even structure my work routine, not just training routine, with the same approach. I also want to speak on deload weeks and the importance of taking some time off or even an off-season. So without further ado, let's go all in. So before I define my own routines and protocols, I want to define some of the main terms that I'm going to use throughout the podcast. You might already know some of these, but if you don't, and just for a specific contextual reference of the podcast, um, I'm going to define them now. So number one is nervous system. That's our body's command system. The sympathetic nervous system state is like stress, stress straight. Um, you're in action. You know, that's usually like when you're training, unless it's very low intensity, um, you're, you're in a stressful conversation with a friend, you're working, you know, things like that. And then parasympathetic is your rest and digest. You're kind of chilling. Um, the other term I wanted to find is volume, which is the amount of work you do. Like high volume would be a lot of reps, a lot of time spent training, um, versus, you know, low volume would be, you're doing less reps, less sets intensity. That's how difficult the work you do is. So volume is the amount of work you do and intensity is how difficult the work you do is. So, you know, a heavy weight, high heart rate versus a low heart rate competition day is usually going to be pretty intense versus, you know, a a rest day, for example. Now, rest day is a day off training or work, depending on the context or both. Uh, Active recovery day is a lighter day, but not completely off. So basically you're doing less volume, less intensity. The goal of activities is to help you recover and it's just better for your overall, you know, your main training or work days. Then a deload week, that's a week of lower volume or intensity. And deload in general is a short planned period of rest, not like a full off season and not a full, you know, whole week off. Off season is basically time off competing or training completely, usually, or you're maybe you're doing some other activities or varying what you usually do. Periodization is the planned manipulation of training variables, so like loads, sets, and repetitions in order to maximize training adaptations and to prevent the onset of overtraining syndrome. There's a lot of talk. Uh, I didn't actually plan to go over this, but a lot of talk about if overtraining is true, if that's a thing. I do believe obviously burnout is very real. It's something I have experienced. Um, a lot of people say, you know, overtraining might be actually just under recovering. Like you're not fueling enough. You're, um, you're not able to recover from these things. So maybe you have to do other things to be able to recover from. So I won't get into that debate, but you know, it's just in general, uh, a good, uh, explanation of periodization is, you know, your a coach is making this plan where they're developing, you know, how many loads, sets, and reps you're going to do in order to help you get the most type of adaptations over the long term. So maybe over a season or four years or whatever that is. 
And the goal is obviously to help prevent you from, you know, burning out or having to, you know, having an injury or having to take time off. So it's like, how can we get the most adaptations without you having to take a bunch of time off? So how can you be consistent in doing that? High cognitive stress day definition of that, I would say it's like projects or work that require a lot of brain power, you know, even tough conversations, school, work exams, things like that. Now, I actually don't plan to dive too far into, you know, high versus low cognitive stress days, but I wanted to mention them because often, you know, when we're managing training, work and school and life, perhaps we want to schedule things around these. So when we know we're going to have, you know, a really high cognitive stress day, maybe that's not the best idea to have, you know, a really high volume, high intensity training day as well, because I do find uh, the cognitive stress will also contribute to, you know, your training load and your recovery ability. When I have, you know, a high stress day and it might be a low actual training day, often my recovery is still very much affected because I was very in a stressed state. I wasn't in that parasympathetic rest and relax state. And so, you know, maybe when it goes into a rest day where your goal is to rest and relax, that might not mean just not going to the gym, but it might mean also trying to have less work, making sure that it's not a day that you might have, you know, an exam or something like that. The last two is high CNS training. So high central nervous system. That's when you're really recruiting a lot of your central nervous system. And that's things like high intensity sprints, Olympic lifting, high skill work, and then low you know, training that requires low central nervous system. Uh, I mean, you're always using your nervous system for literally everything you do, but things that aren't going to be as stressful on your nervous system are, you know, lower intensity work, slower training, lighter loads, things like that. But again, you know, if you have, you really hate running and you've never done it and you're going to do some low intensity running, maybe your heart rate still is low, but maybe actually it's very stressful for you. So that cognitive stress plays into whether it actually is a, you know, a day of lighter stress on your nervous system or higher stress. So keep that in mind. All right. So now that we've gotten through some of the terms, let's talk about the importance of rest, recovery and deloads. Um, we'll focus more on rest days and recovery days, but then I'll get into deloads a little bit at the end. So we've all seen, you know, like the motivational posts that say, take no days off. And like literally in that voice too, I was actually, I'm recording this after a night of being at one of my friend's weddings. And so my voice is very uh, rough, but like even I, I've posted a lot of things before about like keeping momentum and sticking promises to yourself. And I always try to like explain how that isn't me saying take no days off because when I say that I also mean you know sticking to your rest and recovery days because discipline isn't about not taking any days off it's actually about sticking to the routine you have set and that hopefully is a smart one that includes appropriate rest and recovery so it's more about like taking no days off from you know listening to your body and following your training program that's hopefully a smart one um, and keeping the promises you make to yourself that hopefully do include you know the promise to rest and recover appropriately versus that whole no days off mentality, go hard every single day. You know, some days your hundred percent, um, is like, looks like 80% and that's okay. But, um, I, I think I just want to make sure that differentiation, I know I try to keep that in mind when I do post things that are like about mindset and motivation that I also kind of explain the context so that it's not like, Hey, yeah, hustle culture, go hard. Yeah, of course you've got to push yourself, but there's a smart way to, to push yourself as well. That also involves, you know, self-care and recovery. 
So speaking about that, I have seen it time and time again, where athletes and um, workaholics alike are undisciplined in taking the rest and recovery because you can become so addicted to needing to train hard and push yourself every single day that when you say you're going to take a rest day, all of a sudden you end up still in the gym. Maybe you went to the gym for a lighter day and now you're competing against a friend beside you. You're not actually resting how you should, or all of a sudden you're on your laptop and you're working more than you said you would be. Um, and I know this because I used to be this person sometimes in different aspects of my life. I still am this person, especially when it comes to working. It's really hard for me to actually take a complete day off working. I think I'm especially more disciplined in my training where in my younger days I would go to the gym and someone would say, hey, come join this workout with me and like, let's go hard. And I'm like, oh, okay, why not? You know, and I could maybe, yeah, recover a little bit better back then. But that's not the case anymore, and it wasn't, you know, the best recipe for having high-quality days. That's the goal here, right, is to have those high-quality, long-term, consistent training rather than a bunch of junk volume and junk training because you weren't able to take some of those rest and recovery days. And often when we're so used to pushing ourselves, it's actually harder to take that day off or just do a lighter training or workload because it's like homeostasis for us. Our bodies want to be in homeostasis, which is if movement is all we know, then we want to keep moving, right? And you might feel that fear of missing out. Maybe you scroll Instagram, you see those hustle culture posts that I mentioned, or someone else training, you feel like you're falling behind. And I want you to know that through resting and recovering, you are not. In fact, rest and recovery can help you get ahead. And hopefully I'll explain a little bit more about that throughout. So even in pro athletes programs, they're taking rest and recovery days, including deload weeks and an off season. Um, And because to get to the top level, you need to stay healthy. You need to have longevity and you need to be consistent over the long term. This applies to sport, training and life, like really all of it, because consistency over the long term is much more important than short term intensity. And then having injury or burnout or not being able to maintain that intensity for long. I've done like a really good graphic that could you could visually see it um, that I posted on at the All In Project, which is the page that accompanies this podcast on Instagram. And it kind of showed, you know, like, let's say you do an effort of... Um, Let's say, like, let's just use random numbers, but don't think of this like it's a percentage or reps or whatever, but let's just say, you know, 50 on one day. And then the next day, or let's say, yeah, 50 on one day, the next day you have to do like two because you just did 50 and you're really tired. And then um, the next day it's like 30 and then like slowly... You, you know, you keep pushing hard, but now your your heart is getting lower and lower and lower because you're not recovering versus if you can gradually increase that, you know, training load, volume, whatever, that intensity, um, slowly build and consistently, you know, do this. You could show up every day and let's say, let's do like 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. It's going to beat the person who's going 53, 21, like, you know. So hopefully uh, I think the graphic will do a better uh, explanation than what I just did, but Hopefully you can kind of visualize that in your head a little bit. Um, But even if you think you were the exception to that rule, and I know there's many times that I've seen studies and different things, I'm like, I'm the exception. I am the outlier to this graph or to this rule. And um, I can somehow recover faster than anyone else and push harder for longer. Just remember that every athlete or person who has gotten burnout has shared that same belief beforehand. And I know that because like in everything that I talk about on this podcast or on my social media or just in general, it's from experience. It's because I have lived through these things and I'm hoping that I can help you, you know, train smarter, recover smarter and do these things and avoid that. So you can, you know, kind of avoid some of the pitfalls that cost me a a lot of time, injuries, uh, heartaches and things like that. 
And like, I don't want to sound negative when I say that it's just that often we, we can, it's normal, like human behavior to have this inflated sense that we are that one unique person. We are that 0.0001% and we don't need to listen to the science that says otherwise. And, you know, to be the top athlete or the top entrepreneur, whatever that is, you do have to believe that you could be that, you know, zero point whatever percent. But when you look at those people who have accomplished that, you know, often they say that the rest and recovery is important to, to accomplishing that. So I think that's, that's really important and it's important to yeah have the confidence that you can achieve those things, but also listen to your body, which may say, but respect some of the general rules of physiology, physiology, health and training. Our minds and our bodies do have breaking points as much as those inspirational graphics say we have no limits. Uh, yeah, I do believe that because I do believe that we often have these self-imposed limits that are like 20% of what we can actually accomplish, but there is breaking points. Um, you know, we're going to have injuries. We are, our minds do need time to relax, to rest, to recover. There's a reason why we have to sleep. And that if you don't sleep at all, or don't drink any water or do things like this, that, you know, bad things happen. So important to kind of listen to those general, uh, rules. All right. So for me personally, I usually take one full rest day a week and one active recovery day. Now, usually Sunday is my full rest day. And that's only because that it allows me to have like a weekend day off. And it just kind of works with my training structure of, you know, maybe doing like three really hard days, one lighter day, two harder days, and then one full day off. And that I can kind of do that throughout the week. Um, also because most of my friends and family are off work on the weekends. So that gives me, you know, a day I can go and do something and meet up with other people rather than if I take like a Monday off and everyone's working on Monday, uh, kind of sucks. Um, when that's the day that I don't have to be, you know, working or training or things like that, but everyone else does. And then I have to work and train on the days that, that they don't. So it allows me to have a little bit more balance in my life. Um, but it can definitely change depending on my schedule or what else I have going on. Like, for example, in the winter, Sundays, I go snowboarding. So I find this can be like a relatively low stress activity on my body and mind, mainly because, you know, I competed as a snowboarder for so long. Um, for me, it's just a really fun activity. It's something I love to do. I'm not pushing myself really hard when I'm going to do it. I'm really just doing it for fun now. And I've noticed through monitoring my recovery that it's usually pretty high after these days. So I consider this more like active recovery, maybe not a full rest because my knees definitely do still get a little bit sore after doing some of these things. And I'm obviously, uh, depending on what I'm doing that day, you know, maybe if I'm doing a lot of jumps or things like that, I am taking a lot of load through, through my body, but I do feel ready to train usually Monday, uh, do my full training afterwards, unless like I took a big crash or something. And I do try to monitor more closely throughout the week on those weeks, um, to see if maybe I do need to take a little bit of rest day later. I know this happened throughout this winter where there was like four weeks in a row that because I was snowboarding every Sunday, I really had like no rest day. And so there was a point where I was like, Hey, I just need to take one day off and like completely, completely rest and do nothing because I feel like I've just been go, 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 even just, you know, not having time to catch up on work on and not having, you know, just a day doing something different. So I just had to like kind of monitor that and just adjust my plans accordingly. So I would say definitely monitor things. You can be a little bit reactive perhaps with your rest and recovery days. I personally like to kind of have them a little bit scheduled out, but also give myself room to being a little bit more, you know, um, rest or more, uh, reactive in that sense of like, okay, let me just see how I'm feeling. And like, okay, yeah, I do need to take a day off and making sure I take that before it's too late. Now, I also think 
for me, having fun with friends and being outside, those are two things that I find have normally helped me recover. I personally use the Whoop device, which is a wearable, a fitness and health wearable and recovery wearable that really helps me, you know, kind of, I can put in my journal how much time I spend outside, do I meditate that day, all these different things, and then get a monthly report that says what actually benefits my recovery. So I know, you know, having kind of like a little bit of social time with friends, since most of the time I'm like training and working, and I don't get that time as much. And then being outside, those are things that can really help me. So I also get a break from being on my phone and from work and my normal training routine. So I do find these days to be pretty beneficial on my recovery and my heart rate doesn't get very high when I'm, when I'm snowboarding. Um, but sometimes on rest days, I like to completely do nothing. Um, but I do often find that I do like to have like some sort of light movement versus just completely staying in bed the whole time. But I, I don't have this like scheduled. It'll be just usually something just for fun. And side note, something very important in this conversation that I men mentioned is monitoring your own body and recovery. So what might help me recover might be something that's stressful for you. Like if you're just learning how to snowboard, probably not a recovery day for you. We're all different. And although there are some general pro protocols like, you know, getting enough sleep and hydrating well and things like that. And I'm sure we could talk about, you know, some of those specifics on a different episode. You have to find what works best for you through trial and error. So back to my own protocols that I have learned through a lot of trial and error is that usually my active recovery days are a bit like light training days. Um, so often I focus on low intensity cardio, keeping my heart rate low and like in an aerobic zone, like zone two training, which is something that you can look up more about uh, online. When I do a low intensity run by your cardio session, I definitely feel like my recovery increases. My whoop shows my recovery increases. Um, again, it might not be that way for you necessarily, but that is what I have found for me. So on this day, on an active recovery day, I'm still doing some training, not a complete break, but enough of a reduction of volume and intensity that I'm recovering and also getting blood flow. Usually my program is still written out this day. It's not like, hey, rest day, you know, just do what you want. Maybe go for a walk, whatever. It's like there's still training that I have to do. It's just usually not as, as high of a heart rate. It's not, I'm not going to spend as much time in the gym as on other days. Um, and hopefully it's going to help me recover and through that reduction of volume and intensity. Now, I do also kind of alter these days depending also on my training partner schedule, but also, like I said, you know, monitoring my recovery and seeing if I need it. But I find that I have improved my training radically, like the intensity on my high intensity days through training with a partner and I train at my training partner's house. So my schedule kind of does change based on what he's doing because I want to, if I had a completely different schedule, then I'd maybe get like one or two days a week, you know, training together. And I want to spend more of my days, you know, training with other people who are going to push me. So, uh, I try to make sure all my intense training days I'm doing there. And then like, you know, if he's away or he's taking a rest day, then I can do, you know, my rest or active recovery at the same time. Um, I have a bike at home. I can obviously just go outside and run. I can go swim. I can go snowboard, you know, all these different things that I can do on my rest and recovery days. And I can do that kind of on my own or with friends or whatever. Now, the goal of an active recovery day is to improve your recovery so you can go harder on your other training days. So for me, I need to do more volume of zone two endurance work like in general. So it does have that added benefit for me of progressing that base fitness while also helping me make further gains in other areas through that additional recovery. So some ideas of things you can do on active recovery day is, you know, additional mobility, hiking, jogging, biking. Biking is definitely a great lower intensity activity versus running. So if I'm spending a lot of days at the track, doing a lot of running throughout the 
week, then on my active recovery, I'd be like, hey, maybe I don't need to run. Maybe I can bike. Maybe it's raining outside or something. I can bike inside. Um, do something that's, you know, going to give my joints a little bit of a break. Swimming is also something that's important. And like in my sport of CrossFit, swimming is a tested event at you know, some certain competitions. So I, something that I also have to work on. So I'm, a, I can do that, you know, through the, the swimming that I find doesn't get my heart rate too, too high. I find it's a little bit less, you know, intense on my joints and things like that. But in general, you want to be reducing your training volume and intensity on your active recovery days. And so I, I certainly am usually not doing much strength work. I'm reducing the load on my joints and muscles on those days. If I am doing strength work, it might be like very light skill work. Um, I want to, you know, kind of let my nervous system recover by getting more into that parasympathetic sympathetic state rather than pushing myself into a sympathetic state, which is what I do through, you know, doing things lightly and keeping things light on those days. And then rest days, I try to completely avoid the gym to get the added mental benefit of not being in the gym every single day. It makes me hungry to like to get back to training after. So taking that kind of day of just a break and away from that same environment. Now, do you need active recovery days or rest days and how much? So I would listen to your body or seek out a coach who will get to know you well and create a program based on how you adapt to training, how you recover happens to be the program I follow usually has one active recovery day or lighter training day and one kind of day off, which is also actually, usually they have it optional that you could also just do a lighter training day as well. If you don't necessarily need to do the full day off. And then I've worked with coaches on individual programs in the past as well, where they've really adapted and been reactive to like, Hey, I woke up with not great recovery. All right, let's take a light recovery day. Hey, I'm still not recovering. Okay. Let's take a full rest day or let's go into a deload, which is something I'm going to talk about later. So I think, you know, having a coach is really great. You can learn a lot from them, but also learning to listen to your body so that you can do some of these things on your own is valuable skill as an athlete. Now, I personally believe that everyone should be doing at least one day of lighter workload per week. I think it's not the best idea to, you know, go super, super hard every single day. Eventually that's going to uh, end or you're going to need that, that full day off. But if training for you, let's say your form of training, you, you don't train intensely, you're not training for a sport or whatever. You're just, you're like, I'm going to start doing daily walks. And perhaps those walks are, you know, they're low intensity, then maybe you don't need a day off. Maybe that's something that you can definitely do every day. For example, last year I did a challenge where I ran every single day for 30 days. And I had a lot of people who were like, oh, pro runners don't do that. Even they take days off. I'm like, yeah, for sure. But if you look in the context of a whole week or a month, they're doing 10 times the amount of running and at a higher intensity than I was. You know, I was considering even just going for a little one mile jog is still my running for that day. And so based on how I was feeling, I was like, okay, I'll just run really slowly today, a really quick run. Other days I do a little bit more intense based on my recovery. So it helped me learn, actually, that challenge helped me learn how to monitor my body and my recovery a little bit better, as well as it kind of just showed like that whole volume and intensity is really important when it comes to, you know, knowing do you need to take more rest and recovery days or maybe not. So it's all in the context of what is high volume and high intensity or low volume and low intensity for you. Maybe a walk is really intense for you, then yes, I would say taking, you know, a lighter day or a day off once a week could be beneficial. So in the context of work, um, I also like try to take a full day away, you know, maybe from my laptop, lower my phone use compared to normal. So I have a bit of a mental break. I find this allows my mind to be a little bit more focused and creative on days that I do have, you know, higher cognitive load or more stress. 
So now let's talk about deload weeks. A deload week is important in a periodized training program because it allows you to overreach and then to recover. So let's say from week one to three, um, you're upping the intensity or like the volume that you do, you know, each session or each week to the point that it is really difficult and hard to recover from by that last week. So then you would do maybe a deload week to adapt and recover and then start the process over. Now, any, a lot of athletes know, you know, tapering where you do something like this, where you're training really hard, then you're getting into a competition and you start to do more of those deloads, deload weeks where you're lowering the volume intensity to allow yourself to adapt and be able to peak, you know, at the right time. Now, I'm not going to get into all the mechanisms of this, um, but... I'll just say that it's beneficial. Coaches will say that, you know, more elite athletes usually need more deloads, like more often than less trained individuals because they are doing, you know, more higher training volumes and intensities versus someone who's starting out. You're making a lot of adaptations really fast. You might be able to go, you know, six, eight weeks, longer training cycles without, you know, as frequent of a deload. Now, this is just what I've personally learned as an athlete who has worked with some incredibly knowledgeable coaches. And of course, it's just a quick overview. I'm sure there are, you know, very scientific and specific podcasts out there that will talk about a deload for like five hours. Um, of course, you guys know that my goal is to really like condense some of the stuff that I have learned, the stuff from the guests and the other athletes who have been on here so that you can get, you know, actionable tips and advice from each episode. Now, uh, I guess I'll touch a little bit really quickly on off seasons. I also think they're really important for athletes who've had, you know, stressful training and competition seasons. If you can give yourself a break from competing all year round, I think this is really important mentally and physically. Obviously, pro athletes are all doing them. Maybe, you know, hockey players, you see they go and play golf. Um, they take some break even from the gym before they get back in there for their off-season training. Um, and if your sport, like my, my sport at one point, now there's more of a season, but there was one time where there really kind of wasn't, it was almost like competing all year round. Then, you know, even thinking about more deload weeks or extended recovery at some point in the year so that you do still have a little bit of that time, even if you don't have like a really specific off-season. All right, so sum things up. I think this kind of overviews, you know, my thoughts and personal approach to rest and recovery days. Hopefully you have some ideas of things that you can do, how I approach them, you know, trying to keep my heart rate lower, monitoring the training and volume and things like that. But if you have any other questions, definitely feel free to message me on Instagram. If you like the episode, make sure to share it with a friend or on social. I would love to know your feedback. I'd love to know what you want to hear more about, you know, what guests would you love to have on? And with that, I'll leave you and I'll catch you next week. If you like the podcast, the best way to support it is to leave a review and share it with a friend. Truly leaving a written review, letting us know what you liked and want more of, and sharing the podcast so more people can benefit is the best gift you could possibly give us. Thanks again for listening. I'm so grateful for your support and I'll catch you on the next one.